In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to a liturgical prison by a canonical court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security diocesan stockade to the ecclesial underground. Today, still wanted by the Vatican, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, then you should listen to Libra Cristo War College. Wednesday, War College, Jess Romero, and I think, do I got my brother Kyle Clement on? Kyle, are you on, my friend? I'm here, Jesse. All right, reporting for duty. Hey, just want to remind you that the month of December, my family, is it's dedicated to the Immaculate Conception, and the first 24 days of December fall during the liturgical season known as Advent, and they're represented by the liturgical color for purple, which is a symbol of penance, mortification, and the sorrow of a contrite heart. Then we're going to move into the Christmas season, and the liturgical colors will change to white or gold, which is a symbol of joy, purity, and innocence. A lot to talk about today with uh, Kyle Clement. He hasn't been here a while. Kyle, can you let us uh, let let the people know where they can follow you and what Kyle Clement has been up to? Oh, thanks, Jesse. So, you can go to www.monte, M-O-N-T-E, Christo, C-H-R-I-S-T-O, dot net. And uh, on that website, you, there's a lot of free resources. We encourage you to join the Monte Cristo, Liber Cristo community. Uh, a lot of uh, talks and things. Father Ripperger, myself, Van Snyder, Jesse uh, have all contributed to the resources that are there. Um and you'll also find information on the three Wyoming retreats this coming summer. Father Ripperger, um, we, uh, Father Ripperger and, and our crew go to Louis Lake Lodge up in the Wind River Mountains. It's a beautiful venue. And there is a father-son retreat, a mother-daughter retreat, and a single man's retreat. Details are on all of those. This spring, Father and I will be conducting trainings, uh, exorcist trainings, general practitioner trainings, team trainings, and mental health conference in Chattawa, Mississippi at a beautiful retreat center there. So there's information on those various trainings. Um, also, on that Monte Cristo website, you can sign up for what's called Reclamation Theology, and it's a very um, cheap and affordable subscription just helps us defer the cost of the platform and jesse sounded like a reclamation theology uh podcast the opening of of this program talk he will talk about the significance of liturgical colors seasons saints today we are the saint uh in the traditional calendar it's saint lucy how appropriate is she for a advent saint so all of those things are available there on that website, and you can uh, also, there's several retreats throughout the year. We just finished the Advent retreat. There'll be another one in Lent, so please go and check out that website, www.montecristo.net. Thank you, Jesse. Uh, thanks, thanks, call people. Yeah, people are always asking, so it's always good to get get an update from you. Hey, let's... Uh, roll up our sleeves and jump into some conversations that I want to have with you. Uh, Pope Francis says that uh, trans people can be godparents, homosexual parents can have children baptized. 
there's a document that just came out, despite the fact that the Catholic Church teaches that deliberate bodily mutilation and homosexual acts are greatly sinful, uh, and that those requesting baptism for children must intend to raise the children in the Catholic faith. Pope Francis has approved a text drawn up by Cardinal Victor Manuel Fernandez, who wrote a book on the mystical art of kissing. And uh, he's attesting that transgender individuals can be parents for the sacrament of baptism, as well as allowing homosexual parents to have their children baptized. Uh, so, I mean, there's a, there's a lot that Cardinal Fernandez said about this. Transgender baptisms, transgender godparents, uh, transgender and homosexual witnesses for a wedding, uh, homosexual parents presenting children for baptism, uh, homosexuals and cohabiting people as godparents to baptize individuals. Uh, Dan, I mean, Dan, Kyle, um, kind of uh, un unwrap this for us. I mean, as, as a Catholic, this is something that's never been taught before in the Catholic Church. We're wading in. We're wading into uncharted waters. Uh, Sister Lucia used a term, diabolical disorientation, back in 1980 in a letter she wrote to Carmel Cafaro. My question is: Is diabolical disorientation something that only lay people can experience, or can clergy suffer from diabolical disorientation? Because as I read this. And what the Holy Father and Cardinal Fernandez are trying to promote, to me, this sounds like, at the very least, confusion, uh, or maybe intentional modernism, or maybe even diabolical disorientation, or all three. What say you, Kyle? So it's a very, very good intro into the subject. So it can be all three. However, whenever we see this, and, and we often attribute to a person because we we don't want to believe the malefice we don't want to believe the evil that we're seeing so we immediately start to mitigate uh and the pro most most popular mitigation words used today are he didn't know or he didn't realize what we have mm -hmm. to understand is somebody does know and somebody does realize and whether or not the man or the, the actor is a dupe, a rube, a naive, whatever it may be, he's being used by a, um, a malefice, a force of malefice, who does know well exactly the implications of what is being done. It's just like yoga and some of the others that are, it's hard to, to get someone to understand. Your intention is not what is controlling. It is your action which is controlling. It is your action for which you will answer. It is not your intention. And so this is a very important Catholic concept. And we see just this systematic attack on the deposit of the mm -hmm. faith. And you brought up an interesting point when you said uncharted waters. In the ancient maritime uh, maps, you know, we saw them when we were kids in school, um, when they were talking about flat earth and various things, it would come to the edge of the charted waters and then there would be a difference in the, the legend, the way the map was drawn. And quite often on the nautical charts, there would be a sea serpent drawn, and it would say, caution, there be monsters here. Mm. That, is a, that is a very important understanding, is that in the unknown, there be monsters here. And so as, you, as he takes the bark of Peter into uncharted waters, there are monsters here, and these monsters 
are Leviathan, Lilith, Beelzebub, Lucifer, Behemoth. Mm. These are monsters and they are diabolical. And when we leave the protection of charted waters, the deposit of the faith and what has served us through all the centuries that was given to us by Christ and the apostles, when we depart that, we do not have that protection uh, of Holy Mother Church. We do not have that protection of Christ. We just simply do not have that protection. And Colin, you just mentioned some of the some of the top generals under on, that's that are around the table that are directly under Satan. These are some these are some of the most powerful demons uh, that are being invited into the church, so to speak, by patriarchy. That's what it seems. That's what it seems to me like what's happening. Uh, patriarch spiritual patriarchal doors are opening uh, to some of these demons and it's leaving the children of God, us unprotected. Am I onto something? Oh, you're precisely right. And it's very well said. That's exactly what's happening. Um, and so there is a, uh, there are forces, spirits and entities being brought into the family, as you say, into the community that desire their destruction. And because the father is fooled, the children are at risk. Wow. God help us. Well, Carl, let me ask you another question. Uh, speaking of, of uncharted waters, <clears throat> this is probably, I don't know, people are debating this right now. Uh, I've got an article here from uh, <clears throat> LifeSite News. It says, Vatican, small part of cremated ashes can be kept in personal places in certain cases. Let me share with you a little bit about what it says, and I want to get your comment. I'll just share. Cardinal Victor Emmanuel Fernandez was appointed by Pope Francis. Uh, he's uh, he's the head of the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith. Prior to that, it was known as the CDF. Prior to that, it was known as the Holy Office. So he says that under certain circumstances, it may be, per- he's a, the, yeah, it may be permissible for a Catholic to keep a small portion of a deceased loved one's ashes in a personal place of significance if some conditions are met, according to the Vatican's dicastery for the doctrine of the faith. According to Fernandez, the ecclesiastical authority may consider and evaluate a request from a deceased person's family to preserve it in an appropriate way, a minimal part of the ashes of the relative in a place of significance for the history of the deceased person. The ashes of the deceased are to be kept in a sacred place, the article says, and it says... Um, Fernandez says the ashes of the person come from the material remains that were part of the person's historical journey, so much so that the church shows particular care and devotion concerning the relics of the saints. So here Fernandez is arguing, Cardinal Fernandez, he's arguing, saying, hey, we got relics of saints, and, and that's how he's trying to justify this new practice that he's that he's doing, obviously, with the Pope's permission. He writes, uh, Fernandez references the Catholic doctrine that we will be raised from the dead, with the same bodily identity, which is material, even though that matter will be transfigured, freed from the limitations of this world. He said this doctrine avoids any harmful dualism between the material and the immaterial, but that the transformation does not imply the recuperation of the identical parts of matter that once formed the humans, the human being's body. On the next segment, Carl, I want to have a discussion with you on this topic, uh, being able to keep the remains of family members in in, uh, in your dresser drawer or I guess in the living room uh, we'll be right back Wednesday War College Jess Romero Kyle Clement
Wednesday war caller Jesse Romero, Kyle Clement. Uh, today's the feast of Saint Lucy. Pray for us. Uh, lot, lot, to, lot to pray for right now, Kyle. We have Cardinal Victor Fernandez, who wrote a book on the mystical art of kissing. He's uh, they've come out. He's in charge of the Dicaster for the Doctrine of the Faith, and they've uh, come out with a statement that a small part of created, cremated ashes can be kept in personal places in certain cases. And I think the way that he's going to try to argue it is Cardinal, even though this is something that's never been done, they're going to say, well, you know, we take the parts of the bones and parts of the body parts, uh, first class relics of saints, and, and we, and we, you know, venerate them and we take care of them. So I think we could probably do that with our loved ones. That's probably the way they would argue it. Uh, Dial it, uh, Kyle, this is something that's obviously very new uh, uh, in the Catholic Church. Once again, is this just modernism? Is just is this just uh, uh, something that's an Ill, ill-conceived? I mean, something that's been rushed at and they haven't given sufficient reflection? Or is there some diabolical disorientation to something like this? So it's a very good discussion, Jesse, and and I think that anytime we find ourselves in a in a place of deviancy, we want to chart back. We want to say, okay, where did we leave charted waters? <laughs> where, mm. in other words, where was the last known place? Where was the point of departure? Mm. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so, and so when you can find the point of departure and what was the uh, spiritual atmosphere, psychological atmosphere, etc. In other words, we always find ourselves in this case with regard to possession and diabolical influence is you're, you're looking for, okay, where did your will depart God's holy will? So where was the deposit of faith first departed? And what I'm about to tell you is going to be very illuminative. Cremation was not allowed for Catholics until 1963. Yep, I, I did know that. Yeah, it was at, at Vatican II was the first time they lifted that that uh, prohibition, right? Correct. And so the thing is, is it, is the prohibition is the way our modern mind hears that we we are we have been denied cremation. That's not the way it was. It was all proscriptive, right? This is how remains shall be treated. This is how the body shall be treated. And cremation was a departure of that. It's not that we were, it, we were being prohibited. It's just simply within the right of Christian burial. There is no provision for cremation. And no, here's, so... Kyle, here's, my under- here's, here's my understanding of that. I think I've, I'm trying to, going back to some of the history books that I've read, is that they used to, the 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 wicked Roman emperors like Nero and others, they would burn Christians alive uh, with pitch and tar as they would tie them up or impale them on a stake, and so that was a mockery of Christianity to burn somebody. And in fact, uh, I, I I even read that Nero would be playing his musical instruments as Catholic Christians, you know, around his courtroom and around his palace were burning. Uh, and and he would be saying things like, "Let's see if the let's see if the Nazarene of Jesus Christ can raise those ashes up from the dead." So and that that's why the church didn't allow because this was this was a mockery of the resurrection, uh, and it was also a pagan practice. You would have the Greeks and the Romans and other pagan civilizations 
they would burn the dead. Uh, you can see a lot of movies like, you know, Gladiator 300 that was common with the Greeks and Romans and other pagans. That's the way they would, they would I guess, get rid of the body. So that's why it was something that was unlawful for Catholics up until <clears throat> modernism uh, went, went on fourth gear. Correct, correct. And so to, to take that a little bit further, it is a satanic practice to dismember, to disjoint, to scatter. So the whole idea of drawing and quartering and uh-huh. separating a body and then scattering it to the four corners of the, uh, of the kingdom, this was a, it's the same as the mutilation of, of bodies of your uh, enemies, your opponents. Um, and so even the ingesting of parts, um, various diabolically influenced cultures, it was the demon that was influencing them to eat a piece of the heart, to take a piece of, of flesh and, and take it a far way, um, to take bodily souvenirs uh, of, the, uh, of the enemies in battle. Pieces of, uh, it was a common practice in, uh, in Vietnam to take an ear from your Viet Cong opponent. Oh, that's and these look like dried these look like dried apricots strung around an infantryman's neck, and it gave him tremendous stature and fear factor uh, among the Viet Cong. It's, these are horrible, despicable practices, and I'm not condoning any of them. What I'm saying is they're all diabolically influenced. The dismembering uh, of the body, the the disillusion of the corpus, um, and so it's a mocking of sacrificial theology in which the blood is separated from the body. The life is separated from the corpus. And when you see it as that, then you see, um, you see part of, of what's fueling this. Now in 1963, in the instruction that permitted cremation, there was a strict caution against the scattering of the ashes, the ingestion of the ashes, the incorporation into a building or a plant or a tree or any of these things, because that was part and parcel to the e- the Eastern false um, religious practice of reincarnation. And so it, it warned specifically against it specifically against anything that uh has this uh this idea now moving forward kyle, kyle, into today's in. kyle let me jump in and mention something just to back up what you're saying yeah this whole thing about uh you know drinking blood this is even common in hollywood there's a very famous actress by the name of megan fox and her and her boyfriend uh this they, they there's articles written on this and they're not ashamed of this they drink each other's blood megan fox an actress in machine gun kelly He's an entertainer. He's, a, I guess, a rapper or something like that. And you also have uh, Marina Abramovic, who's a high-level Satanist of To the Rich and Famous. She also has these scenes called spirit cooking, where she'll put, she puts, uh, you know, maybe like some spit or something or urine or some part of, you know, her hair in, in, in these, these cakes, uh, these life-size cakes that are look like her naked body, look exactly like her naked body. And you got the rich and famous that come to these, like, I would call it a false communion service. And there's in every single cake on the table that the rich and famous partake of, which, look, which looks, looks exactly like Marina Brimovic's naked body. Uh, 
there's a there's a piece of her body part or spit saliva hair something is in there so she's like it, it, it's it's a it's a it's a an anti-eucharist so to speak so i just wanted to just validate what you're saying well, that's precisely right, Jesse, and it all goes back to sacrificial theology, where um, a, a, it's a false and it's a false Eucharist. The Eucharist is the the culmination, the apex, the perfection of sacrificial theology. And when we participate in the Eucharist, we're participating in that. We're incorporated into the mystical body of Christ by incorporating Christ's body into us. And so, this is the righteous. Everything else is a mockery, is an aping. Everything that Satanism does is a mocking or an ape, aping of the sac- of the sacred, of the of the sacrificial. And so that's what's and and it's um, it's a constant theme throughout all of Satanism is they mock liturgy, they mock the Eucharist, they mock Christ, they mock the Blessed Mother. Um, and so what Abramovich is doing. In incorporating herself into the, the, she's playing Mary because it's Mary's flesh that is on the cross in the form of Christ. Mary supplies the flesh. And so Abramovich is mocking the Blessed Mother. Wow. Wow. That's, she's, she's basically an anti Mary. In, 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 Precisely right. Yeah, that's an anti Mary. So going back to Carter. Through Mary. Through, through, before we depart, before through Mary, Christ salvation came in the world, Amen. and the mocking is the aping is is through uh, this woman, damnation comes into the world. Kyle, so uh, Cardinal Fernandez, uh, do you think this is just uh, an act of modernism, an act of uh, uh, an act of uh, He's having a bad hair day, or uh, uh, is this uh, an act of the diabolical, whether he knows it or not? It is the act of the diabolical, whether he knows it or not, but it's certainly diabolical. But it is a continuation of a a trajectory, and that trajectory was sharply advanced in in 1963 with that proclamation. Now he's departed the 63. So what happens is remember that evil is a seduction. And so, you know, you're in the back seat of a car where you're not supposed to be and you put your hand on her leg. And if she doesn't say no, what happens next? Hmm. You continue, the seducer continues until she says no. Uh, then on the next date, he starts where he was denied. He doesn't start back in the front seat. Mm. That's exactly so the demon is a seducer. Exactly. And so the the discussion starts where we left off. Nobody's saying, hey, you guys were wrong. The discussion started. You guys were wrong in 63. Okay. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's just like when the unwed, the young woman shows up and she has to tell her father she's pregnant. Very, very seldom is this an isolated event. There is a progression of seduction that has happened. Amen. You're listening to Wednesday War Call, Jess Ramirez, Kyle Clement. Uh, we're going to be talking about now, there's a, a video. Uh, actually, it's a secret video from an independent Catholic journalist who took uh, secret footage of secret Masonic rituals. And now he's receiving death threats. 
I'm going to ask Kyle about this. I'll share the article with you. And then I want Kyle's take on this because uh, uh, there's nobody better on this topic. There's no layperson better on this topic than Kyle Clement. And so I definitely want to hear what he has to say about uh, these the Freemasoners secret rituals and, and how dangerous this really is. But uh, Kyle, kind of make a, make a wrap-up statement about the cremation of ashes issues and the, the allowing uh, transgender godparents and homosexual parents. This is all part of modernism which is all part of uh uh which is all which is all part of what i would call as well a diabolical disorientation correct precisely and the common thread that runs through here is the desire to to please a people not the desire to please god and so if we truly had compassion if we truly had charity and desired the salvation of souls we would be very clear, cremation is not allowed. You may not do that to a body. Um, transgender homosexuality simply is not allowed. We would be promoting um, reconversion therapies. We would be con- promoting these therapies that bring these people out of deviancy and back into conformity with God's holy will. We're out. we back. Stick around. Wednesday War College, we have either Kyle Clement, Dr. Dan Schneider, both part of the Liber Cristo team, they're the instructors for Liber Cristo, and uh, on Wednesdays, they have a lot of Catholic priests all over the country listening to this show on Wednesdays specifically because of these two gentlemen. Kyle, let me set this up. Uh, uh, Michael Hayes, uh, Stephen Colks from LifeSite News put an article that there's an independent Catholic journalist, Kyle Clifton who's faced numerous death threats after exposing secret Masonic rituals and their mockery of Catholicism. So these secret rituals were exposed in a viral video and published by this undercover journalist. And he's been receiving death threats because he took some very good footage of secret Masonic rituals. And so Clifton explained, this independent journalist, that he joined a Masonic lodge a number of years ago with the intention of exposing their secrets. Clifton said that since filming the ritual, he has he has been baptized as a Catholic. Uh, Kyle Clifton last month began posting a series of video clips that he made while attending a highly secretive Masonic ritual. It was filmed with a concealed camera. His footage documents the induction ceremony of a third degree master Mason, which is the highest degree of Freemasonry in the Blue Lodge. And before members can choose to deepen their membership through specific routes, such such as in the Scottish Rite, one of his videos has uh, more than 7 million views on X, formerly known as Twitter. Clifton, who's now a Catholic, he says that when he was 18 years old, he decided he wanted to expose Freemasonry because he believed it to be influential in much of the evil in the world. He explained that as a young man, he was asking questions such as why is the world the way it is why is there so much degeneracy in this world who's pushing all this propaganda and the more he researched it it was like everyone was pointing to freemasons so he says he went down to a local freemason lodge befriended them got into it but then he realized that he was a bit over his head so clifton explained that 
after developing a significant online following for his undercover journalism, he decided earlier this year to go back to his local lodge and film one of the rituals. After he went and spoke with the priest and explained everything, Clifton says, I was baptized and confirmed into the Catholic Church just three months after shooting this video. And yes, I definitely wouldn't go back. It's against the church and the ceremonies and oaths that you have to take. That's all repented for. So Clifton's videos provide evidence of the fiercely guarded secret rituals, including the mock execution ceremony, profession of the Masonic and the mimicry made of Christianity throughout the rituals. The Masonic rituals replete with a fake resurrection ceremony, metaphorically life bestowing words and handshakes and ceremonies, which demand a particular number of bodily contact points. And for the incoming master Mason, they're also taught the all important password while making physical contact on, on five points of his body with already professed masters in a mimic of the five chief wounds endured by Christ during the passion. Uh, Lastly, it says that two members of the ritual are denoted by the terms deacons in a mimic of the Catholic high mass with a subdeacon and deacon and an altar is also used by the Masons and uh, a part of the oath uttered during the ritual. The Masons state that should that that states that he should break the secrecy of the lodge that the person would find themselves in no less penalty than having my body severed in two my bowels taken from thence and burned to ashes. Ah, there's a satanic component there. The ashes cast of the four winds of heaven and that no more remembrance may be had of me among men and masons forever. So help me God and keep me steadfast in due observance of this, my solemn obligation as a master mason. And finally, he said that a lot of these words are downplayed by masons in their PR moves, attempting to win support for the secretive anti-Catholic organization with the dire penalties being described simply as powerful symbolic imagery. Kudos to this young man for exposing this. Kyle, uh, anything that you would uh, agree with, disagree with, or you would add to what he says? Everything that he says is consistent with our experience in dealing with Freemasonry the victims of Freemasonry, and those Freemasons who seek to repent and come back to the church, even after those they've led very high offices. So our intel goes back, church intel goes back to 1471 when uh, Cardinal Torquemada first uncovers the roots of Freemasonry in the Spanish Inquisition, when he identifies a group that calls themselves the Illuminados. That's a mockery. So the Illuminati, the Illuminati originally meant those recently baptized, those from whose eyes has fallen the scales of sin, and they see clearly the wonder of the Christ. And so every single thing Freemasonry does is a mockery, and it's a mockery of the Catholic Church. Any other, In the same way that an atheist will tell you, my belief is not predicated upon God— your very denial of God is what defines you as an atheist. And so it is hatred for church, right order, the institutions of marriage and, and right governance. And so they sham these things. Everything becomes uh, um, a mockery, an aping, if you will, of the, the institutions set up by our Lord and, and perpetuated through the church. And so he's exactly right. But I want to draw your attention to almost a throwaway line. Okay. It is difficult modernly 
for Freemasons, and they used to do this to exact the physical penalties. And so what they do now is employ the diabolical to enforce those uh, in physical suffering, physical affliction, the pains of these things as if they were happening. The other point is, is that when it says to erase his memory from the kingdom or words to that effect, do you remember that phrase? Yes. Yes. That's can- that's cancel culture. That's what they do. And so whenever you see the cancel culture, whenever you see that canceling going on, that is a signature Freemasonic move. And it's all over America right now. And it's all over the Catholic Church, the cancel culture. That's precisely right. And that is a signature that is a signature Masonic move. Kyle, does, does the Illuminati, they come before the Freemasons, right? The Freemasons kind of, are they an outgrowth or a spinoff of the Illuminati? They're the public facet, the public face of the Illuminati. They are, they are the plebes. They are the peasants. They are the, the common people. So the, the, the Illuminati, you would say these guys are the, basically, you know, nobody knows who re- they really are, but they're probably the earth movers, right? The, uh, you know, these guys are the... Uh, uh, the, you know, the aristocrats, the guys that, uh, you know, these guys are the uh, Wizard of Oz behind the curtain, right? The Illuminati? They, absol- they absolutely are. So do you remember, do you, well, today's thing's a good example. So her line, the first line of her hagiography is born of a noble family. How often do we hear that? Hmm. Born of a noble family. So nobility and monarchy was a providential um, hierarchy. People trace themselves back to Clovis, King of the Franks, Alexander the Great, um, various people, back to Abraham, back to Isaac. So their spiritual lineage as well as matriarchal, uh, I mean, um, monarch imagery, that this is a mocking of and so there are certain families, you go through Catholic history, and there's a wonderful list of families, um, Thomas Aquinas' family, the Medici, the Lombards, various others that are known in the church, uh, the Barameos. Um, you go back and you, you see these. These are families that are dedicated thousands uh, for generations to the promulgation of the good, the support of the church, the giving of their children to the church as religious now, the other side is there's a group of families that have uh, are in league with Satan. And people will say, oh, you're making things up. Stop just a minute. This is not new. How about Cain's descendants and Seth's descendants? Mm. How about Isaac? How about Isaac and Ishmael? How, <laughs> we see it over and over and over again. There's these lines that are disposed to God that are blessed to the thousandth generation. And there are these lines that curse and militate against God. The, the Illuminati and the Freemasons, now that you say that, yeah, they're, they're the sons of Cain. They're not the sons of Seth. Yes. But with, yeah, without a doubt. Correct. So Kyle, just uh, somebody, somebody just texted me, just he want to hear, he want to hear it over again. So he said that the Illuminati came before the Freemasons. Basically the Illuminati gave birth to the Freemasons the, the 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 Illuminati would be more of like what you said. These guys are the uh, these guys are, are are the earth movers, 
and the Freemasons are, are, are more like the foot soldiers? Correct. That's correct. They are the populi. They are the, the plebes. They are the people, the common man. And that term Illuminati is actually, it's, it's, it's a swipe at the Catholic faith because in the early church, those that were baptized, they were called the, the, the enlightened ones or the illuminated ones in Greek. It was a Greek word. When you came out of the waters of baptism, that's what you were called. Uh, so even, Correct. even, even taking that name, that's a mockery of the Catholic faith because that's, a, that's a mockery of the sacrament of baptism. It's, you know, Kyle, everything that the Illuminati and the Freemasons do is an exact mockery of Roman Catholicism, not Protestant. Precisely. Even their, not, yeah, yeah. No, even their, even their imagery, all of their imagery, including the all seeing eye, all of that imagery is appropriated. Would you say that, uh, there's a lot of Hollywood actors and actresses that claim to be part of the Illuminati. Do you think uh, they're just trying to get clicks on the internet or they're probably trying the truth? So it's interesting. They're not, they're not Illuminati, but they think they are. Ah. So uh, what hap- what would happen on a plantation? And I'll, I'll go to this politically incorrect example because it is the most analogous. Hold, and we hold see a thought. It throughout we're, about, we're, we're about to hit, go to a quick station break. I want you to start that on the next segment. You're listening to Wednesday okay. War College, Jess Romero, Kyle Clement, and Kyle's going to tell us, uh, I just asked him, so are these Hollywood actors and actresses, are they Illuminati, as they claim? Kyle's going to tell us why they're not, or they think they are, and he's going to explain why they think they are, but they're not. We'll be right back. Stick around. Wednesday War Call, just remember Kyle Clement talking about uh, the a Freemasonic service or ritual was exposed on video. It's on LifeSite News. You can watch the video uh, for yourself and read the article. It's like a four-part article. Uh, kudos to, to Kyle Clifton uh, exposing uh, you know, his, himself to danger as he did this undercover video. The article's called Freemasonry Secret Rituals Exposed in Viral Video. Published by undercover Catholic journalists. May God, uh, you know, may, may God protect uh, this young man. Kyle, as you were talking about the, the connection between the Freemasons and the Illuminati, these secret societies, which no Catholic can be part of. But I think some of our, I think that there are some people in the Catholic Church in high places that are part of either either the Illuminati or the Freemasons or both. And I say this because uh, once again. Some of the things that are happening inside the Catholic Church right now, the confusion, the diabolical disorientation, uh, the the open dissent, the de- defiance against the deposit of faith. This, to me, uh, it has the fingerprints of Satan all over it. It absolutely does. I think that to, to look at some analogies to see how this structure works is, is really important. So let me ask you a question. The It's first century uh, Judea. You got a pretty good idea how the culture operates, and so you've got a um, you, you've got a Matthew. Matthew is a Jewish citizen who is a publican. He is a tax collector. He's bought a franchise to gather taxes at Capernaum, and he's doing business with the Romans, taxing his own people. 
how do you think the Romans view him? Do they view him as a Roman or as a Jew? They view him as an apostate Jew. They view him as one of uh, as somebody that they can manipulate. Exactly. Yeah. Right. E- exactly. And and because he is a Jew, will he and a common man will he ever be uh, a Roman? No. No. A true Roman. No. Nope. Do you think he'd ever serve in their Senate? Absolutely not. Do you think he'd ever be eligible to marry one of their daughters? Nope. Okay, so Matthew is the entertainer. The Romans, those born, those Roman families that go all the way back, those are the Illuminati. Uh, so Matthew's going to have the, the entertainers are going to have the illusion. They're court jesters. They're going to think they're part of the court, but they're simply entertainment. Matthew would be like the they're a huge. He would be like the Freemason, and uh, the Sanhedrin would be like the Illuminati. Yeah, and so there's always this idea. That's a very good, very good analogy. Um, the so it's by heredity. For instance, Carl Schwab is where he uh, Klaus Schwab Klaus Schwab is where he is because his mother is a Rothschild and his father was a Nazi. That's why he is where he is. He's yeah. He's part of the power. His family's part of the power players. Right. That's correct. And, and it's it's not by merit. It's not by sanctity. It's not by any reason other than his mother's a Rothschild and his father was a Nazi. Mm. His father was willing to perpetrate great evil. And so he rose through the ranks and he's eligible. Uh, he has somewhat nobility. His father had a little bit of nobility, but the real power is in his mother. Hmm. Hmm. So the point that I'm making, again, another analogy, an American kind of analogy, let's suppose it's in plantation times, slave times, and a guy is appointed, uh, a slave, is appointed to be an overseer. He speaks the language, he can talk to his people, and he's the overseer. How how are his people going to view him, and how are the masters in the plantation house going to view him? Yeah, I see that. He's not part he he's not part of either group. Yeah, he's not part of the elites. The, That's why the suicide the suicide and self-destruction rate is so high on these entertainers and these people who serve the Illuminati is that at one point they realize you're always them but you're never going to you're you're serving them but you're never going to be one of them. To me as I as I take a a 50,000 foot look at this whole thing to me, it seems like the Illuminati are the, are the earth movers, the the power players on earth, the, the bankers, uh, the ones who own and run the federal reserve. They, they control the money. Uh, they probably control the industrial war complex and they're under the influence of the demon mammon who makes people love their money. And, and to me, I'm just going to take a stab at this, Kyle. I think many of the Illuminati are apostate Jews, apostate Christians. Uh, part of what our Lord Jesus Christ calls the synagogue of Satan. And, and to me, the Illuminati, the Freemasons, this whole synagogue of Satan, they want to establish a one world government. And, uh, and, and ultimately, a one world government would give way 
to the historical figure that we call the Antichrist. Am I onto something? You're onto something. Let's, let's flesh it out a little bit because it's a very good perspective to understand. If they always ape the good, then what are they aping? Because Christ is the king of the universe, and his rule was manifest for almost a thousand years here on earth with the Catholic Church, where we were coronating monarchs. And so there was a unified church and state. There was a unified theocracy. Um, everything was unified under Christ. He was the sovereign Lord. And so if everything they do is an aping, then you see that one world government is that unification under Lucifer. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, an, it's, an, it's an ultimate mocking. And, his, and, and before we depart, before we depart one world government, Klaus Schwab's telling you exactly what the goal is. You will own nothing and you will be happy. By, 2030, um, by 2030. the world is <laughs> Yeah, the world is the, the world is their plantation. We are their slaves. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they want to build a utopia here on planet Earth at the expense of the plebes us. You know, the last time, the last, or not the last time, but one of the times that it was clear that where the slaves paid the master, that was the relationship to Israel and Egypt. Mm. Interesting. And they're trying to bring Egypt in uh, that type of paradigm. They're trying to bring it back again. The Egyptian uh, Israelite paradigm. They're trying to, to, to bring, to make it front and center. Kyle, you exactly uh, right. Yeah. Kyle, people, uh, so the the Illuminati, obviously, they call themselves a secret society because there's not like a website where you can see, okay, this guy's a member, this guy's a member, this guy's a member. And in fact, I, I would probably venture to say, if somebody says they are part of the Illuminati, like a lot of these music artists, who uh, uh, they're probably not, correct? That's correct. If you want to see, if you want to see who the Illuminati is, look who look whose hand the Pope kisses. Look whose ring the Pope kisses. You find that picture, you find that, and you've just found a member of the Illuminati. Well, there's a bunch of them. <laughs> there's a bunch at, for the last 10 years. So, yeah, I can start tracking who's part of the Illuminati. And I'm probably going to guess also that the Illuminati and the, Free, and the, and the high-level Freemasons, uh, one thing that we do know, but nobody knows who goes in there, is that they have a retreat house called the Bohemian Grove in Northern California. Which is run by those secret now societies. that's a, yeah, and so these are the three hundred these are yeah these are a, a, a strata that is between the the most powerful the illuminati and the uh and the plebes, and so this strata is made up of thirty second thirty third degree masons politicians, those who ensure that the ongoing sacrifice of abortion and human sacrifice human enslavement, trafficking, pedophilia, those are the, that's the priestly class of the, ones that, the, the, ones of the diabolical. Up, the ones that show up at the Bohemian Grove, right? That's correct. Yeah. That's the priestly class. Wow. Wow, this is uh, three college units for anybody that just <laughs> listened to this show. Uh, any final, Kyle, you, you've actually had cases of people that have become that have become demonically possessed uh, as a result of Freemasonry participation in Freemasonry, correct? That is correct. And so, what I'm giving you is an amalgamation of cases 
And what you find is the truth is, is woven like a tapestry. So we've had possessed who were uh, satanic ritualistic victim, um, abuse victims, those that are ritualistically abused, those who have been trafficked. And they identify, a lot of times they identify their abusers, not even knowing who they are, but their descriptions are such, and they're describing the way they're dressed and the, and the settings is, and multiple people are uh, describing the same thing. You get an accurate description of who the people are, where the places are, and there is a continuity and a patterning. Um, we had a case, we had two cases last year, both ended with liberation, thanks be to God. There was a satanic ritualistic abuse case out of the Diocese of Chicago, Archdiocese of Chicago, and that woman is in her 80s. Um, and so most of those victims are dying out. Most of the Bernadine victims, most of those victims are dying out. But the things that she was describing were exactly consistent with a 14-year-old girl uh, last year. So you got a woman 80 and a woman 14, girl 14, and they're describing the same ritual, the same uh, location, and there's no way they knew each other. And it was a Freemasonic ritual? Yes. Wow. So God. The, the other thing to remember, the other thing to remember is we grow in merit on this side by discharging our our obligations, our duties uh, to protect children, to protect and raise pure souls, to uh, promulgate the faith. They raise in stature on the dark side by de- by uh, engaging in depravity, such as incest, abuse. Um, pedophilia. And so all of those things make that person more powerful on the other side. Just like, uh, you know, pr- prayer also, you know, assist us in, in, in growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, just like St. Peter says in Second Peter 3.18, it works the opposite for the other side as well. They, they also grow uh, with uh, when they do their uh, hexes, incantations and curses, right, Kyle? That's precisely right. Does your does your uh, piety and love of God grow with uh, ongoing devotion with every rosary you say? Yes. And so their depravity, um, degradation, deviancy, and sin grows with every malefice they they perform. And that is, for many of them, and this is the thing to understand is, a lot of these possessions, especially politicians, entertainers, and others, these are non-contested possessions because they are getting the quid pro quo they're getting exactly what they bargained kyle hold that we're done brother we'll we'll see you guys next time wednesday war college we are out end of watch god bless you keep the faith